Hello, everybody. Hello, my dear audience. I'm Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. I, I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I missed you. Last time I spoke to you without any guests was uh, like a month ago. It seems for some reason uh, like it's passed a lot, a lot of time. Maybe it's that a lot has happened, but that's how I feel. Before we start, I want to remind those who would like to write to me and happen not to have my email address. My address is g-r-p-e-t-e-r-r-e-z-n as Nancy, i-k at gmail.com. Dr. Peter Resnick at gmail.com. You can also always visit my website, drpeterresnick.com. And if you want, and I really hope today that you do, if you want to call me during this show uh, with your comments and or questions, you can do this as well. The number here is 888-874-4888. Again, 888-874-4888. Today I want to do what I did a month ago, to have an open floor. Anyone can call, and please brace yourself, prepare yourself right now as I'm talking. Uh, you can even call this very moment, and I will stop talking. Anyone can call and ask a health-related question or philosophical question. It's not that I have all the answers, but we can think together. Uh, and, of course, health-related uh, issues are welcome. Remember, my specialty is mind-body integrative therapy. Uh, I view an individual as, a, uh, as an organism functioning simultaneously in multiple realities. That is, as a physical being, emotional being, social being, uh, spiritual being. And all those aspects of a person have an effect on all other aspects, which means if a person is distressed, it affects their body. And if a person is suffering, uh, physically, it affects their mind. So anyone can call and share with their night dream also, because the night dreams are also telling us about uh, people's inner life. That, as I said, in turn affects their physical life. Remember, I quoted one time Moses Maimonides, who said, tell me what your night dreams are, and I will tell you not only who you are, but who you can become. The night dreams, and I keep emphasizing and uh, welcoming you, inviting you to, to share with your night dreams because they're really a beautifully displayed uh, picture of who you are from inside. And that picture bypasses your conscious critical judgment. So if you call with your night dream, I will gladly work with you on the dream here on, on air. And it will be useful for everyone uh, in educational and it will be very useful for you. But again, you can come come up with any question or uh, you can share with any challenge that is in your life. And we'll think together. I have 43 years of experience, clinical experience of working with people, and um, we'll give it a try. And you don't have to give your real name if you're not comfortable. Uh, you don't, you can even change your story a little bit if you're concerned that somebody may recognize you. 
and uh, I will still work on the problem. And you will kind of get an idea of how to, may get an idea of how to work on it on your own. But first I want to share with you something. Uh, tomorrow, December 1st, uh, will be exactly one year since I first went on there, on air. F uh, yes, my first show at PRN was aired on December 1st, 2020. Uh, it got a year went so quickly. I would so much appreciate if you, my dear audience, particularly those of you who are my regular listeners, would send me an email with your feedback about the show. That is, what you like, what you don't like, what you would like to hear again, or other things that I did not speak about what you want me to, to focus on. Um, what would you like to hear this coming year? One more year to come, God willing. Uh, and I will plan it. I will really take your lead. I honestly do not have an agenda, any agenda, any particular goal. I do not get paid for this, doing this show. My only interest is being useful and interesting to you. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, sometimes I get calls. I, I, for example, I got several students for my course for health professionals that I teach now from the audience of uh, of PRN. Uh, but I wouldn't be doing this uh, this show to get a few students, frankly. Jack and from New York. Oh, very good. We have a caller. Uh, I will gladly take the call. Go ahead. Hello? You're Dr. Resnick? Yes. Dr. Resnick, uh, I would like to ask you something. Yeah, your your some, name, sir? My name is Jack. Not the okay. real name, but uh, they call me Jack. Yes. I'm Jack. a holic. I am going to be 86 years old. I am, a, I am a Holocaust survivor. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I have a hard time speaking to you because I almost cry. It's happening, never happened before, only when I got older. Uh, everything is coming back. When I was in the forest, when I go out in the cold weather, I am in the forest. And uh, when I see uh, the kids in Gaza, I yes. see myself looking from the from the hiding place in the in the crack of the woods and saying, "How come I can't be out there?" Uh, everything is coming back, and and, uh, and 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 I was just wondering why is it that it's later in my life. It did not happen when I was younger. Mm -hmm. It only happened. It's happening much more, and much more now. And then the other thing is the environment that is going on. How they want to control the people uh, is very disturbing to me. Mm -hmm. and, and that's basically why I called you. And also, yes. I have. Check. 
Please be with me and don't hang up because I have some questions if you don't mind. Before I try to to respond, can I ask you, did you deal with your experience uh, that you had? And, And when you say Holocaust survivor, are you talking about being in a camp? No, no, no. I was nine years old. I was uh-huh. six months in the forest. Six uh, months? Uh, with your parents? We, we were, they were with my parents. We yeah. were 40 people. Uh, out of the 40, 10 came out alive after the war. Eight mm-hmm. from our family and four children. And then we were on a farm uh, because... My father used to buy potatoes from this farmer, and when the Germans attacked the farmers at night, we wound up in her farm. And when she came to 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 uh, to milk the cows, she saw. She said, "Bojigohami, my God, the Germans are here. How are you going?" Well, anyways, my father had uh, 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 dollar bills because everybody saved money in American currency. And he gave her $10 to sleep one night. And, and, uh, and, and there was a little pig room. She took the pig out and uh, she put it uh, next to the cows. And the, the, the way I can describe how big this place was, we were 10 people. And uh, when we went to sleep at night, five were on one side, five on the other side. If you wanted to turn over, everybody had to turn over. That's how big it was. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so one day she said, she went to church, and she says, you got to find a place where I can hide you because anybody comes into the barn, they can find you. So my uncle said, you know what? See where the pig is? We're going to make a hole under the floor. And that's where we're going to hide. So we, we were not hidden under the pig every day. But when the Germans were around, that's where we, we went underneath the, the floor. And the pig was on top. And we were there like sometimes uh, three, four days. You know. Uh, Jack, pig. can I ask and you a question? Sure. Uh, after the war... I'm not talking about right after the war, because when the war was over, probably you were 10 or 11. But when you became a teenager or in your 20s, and I know it wasn't a common thing that time, but did you have any kind of counseling? Did you share with what you've been through? Did you have any, what we would call today, emotional support? No, 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 no. No. To be very frank with you, when I came to the United States, um, I I came in 1948. Mm. In 1949, I turned 13. I never had a, a, a formal education. We had none of the DP camps. You know, wherever the Jews got together, there was always some teaching, something was going on, but yes. there was no formal education. And I started in the first grade. And between 1949... In 1954, I finished public school, junior high school, high school, and I got into college. So it was always, you're always behind the, 
the curve, you understand? Yes, yes, it was yeah. just it was a question of existence. So yeah. when I saw people complaining, I said, you know, they, what are they complaining about? I never saw myself as a victim, you understand? Never yes. did I ever see myself as a victim. I only always looked for uh, how would I say uh, how to solve a problem. I'm always a, yeah. a problem solver. And that's mm-hmm. why I called you. I listened yeah. to you. I must, I must admit to you that yes. I enjoy your, your program very, very much. Thank and you. Thank be, you. Believe Jeff, me. Let's, uh, let's try. Let me try. Uh, I, gradu- now, but, I graduated. Yeah. I, I want to tell you something about myself. I, yes. graduated, I, I went to Yitzhak Yeshiva University. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the, in the rabbinic side. I was very good in the Talmud, and mm-hmm. I was one year away from Soloveitchik. And you know who Soloveitchik was. Yes, Rabbi so Soloveitchik. Yes. I, I had to be able to, to conceptualize his thoughts, you understand? Yes. And, um, and, but when you explained Aser Mitzvah's The Ten Commandments, oh yes. my God. Did you give me a different perspective? Thank you. Perspective Jack, was... I, want to, I want to make sure, Jack, I want to make sure that this call will not be only a call of you sharing, which is already a great blessing, and I really, really appreciate you sharing and making this call. But I also want you to benefit by, by me yeah. trying to attempt, to attempting to answer your question, and that is, okay. and, uh, that is why is it happening now And maybe I can even give you some idea of what to do about it, because it doesn't, it doesn't seem that it's a fun thing to have these flashbacks. It's not, oh, no, no. It's not an enjoyable experience. And, you know, at, at your age or at any age, you know, you want to. And I, I see, you know, I'm also getting older now, and I see that now at 67, I want very different things than I wanted at 40 or 35. So as you get older, you want peace. You want peace of mind. But, But can I share something with you? Stop you for, for a second. I never yeah. see myself as an end of my life. It's amazing. I always see a beginning. Because that's, that's I always beautiful. look at something. Uh, you know, I my education was limited, but I do love to read uh, physics in in the in the conceptual side, not the mm-hmm. maths, the actual mathematics, you understand? Yeah. And, and and I became, a, a, like to, uh, I've read quite a bit of stuff of a physicist by the name of David Bohm, who became... Oh, wow. A, and I studied David Bohm too. But so interesting. Oh, my God. Because that's, the, uh, Jack, that's actually, David Bohm is what was one of the people, his writings, he was a wonderful quantum physicist, protege of Albert Einstein. He wrote an incredible book, um, uh, Universe, the, Impl- and the Implicate Order. And he was one of I the people it. who brought me actually closer to God. But Jack, okay. I, I, I don't want us to go into theories. I want to try to help you. I want to answer the okay. question that actually you pose, and that is, why is it happening yes. now? Yes, Why was yes, this disturbing I, want, I, 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 would, I would just want to answer, finish yes. this thought. And he became friends 
with Krishnamurti. Yes, yes, I life, know, yes. And, and, I, I know, because I, have, I, I used to belong to a group, discussion group, um, which which David Bohm and David Schenken, uh, and David Sheinberg started in New York City. Uh, the uh -huh. group was called Dialogue. And uh -huh. uh, David Bohm wrote uh, actually a wonderful article called Dialogue. And he wanted to encourage people rather than to have debates and arguments where people try to change each other's minds to have dialogue. It's a whole, I, in fact, I thought of having a whole show about dialogue and David Bohm's idea of dialogue. But, yeah, but yeah. that's a whole other story. Let me try to still answer your question. Why these okay. thoughts are coming now to bother you? What yeah. happens when you came to the United States and you were a driven boy, you were, as, as you described, you, you don't get scared, uh, overwhelmed by challenges, you meet them, you, you overcome them. Uh, and we, when people do this kind of thing, when they go uh, to make changes in their life to better, this is fantastic, but they're so busy that they don't have time for introspection. They don't have time for those thoughts. There is, Freud said uh, a long time ago, a hundred years ago, denial works. And that's denying our feelings is one of the ways, it's a protective mechanism. In fact, Freud is, was the one who said, if feelings are not shared, they will sooner or later come out in some uglier way. And when he said uglier, what he meant was, was in, in some kind of uh, mental, emotional, or physical dysfunction. So some people develop physical symptoms when they deny their feelings. These days, we are much more open to uh, going for psychotherapy, sharing with their, our feelings. So people who go through some trauma they often go for psychotherapy. And if psychotherapy is successful, they vent, they share their pain. Uh, there are wonderful books written about trauma uh, that guide people how to address the trauma and face it. But when the trauma is not faced, when a person doesn't fully get in touch with the pain, with horror, and, uh, and you know, like right, right now when I'm talking to you, I'm remembering stories myself. And I kind of, I, in the beginning, I tried to push them away. The stories not of being in the place where you were, but I grew up with horrific stories that my mother told me, hiding for two years after she escaped from the camp with her own mother for two years on the roofs of abandoned buildings. And at night, coming out and fighting with the rats uh, for to get food from the garbage containers. So all this, but it doesn't torment me that much because I worked through it. I had to talk to my teacher um, of blessed memory Colette about my experiences. I did a lot of imagery, a lot of what would be called mental and emotional release. Unfortunately, you didn't have this opportunity. Now, when you have quiet, a quiet time for yourself, and no more uh, this hurricane of, of doing things, of, of running after things, accomplishing uh, yet another thing, 
you have quiet time and that's when all the things come out and my my suggestion would be uh, if you can find just a friend you don't need a psychotherapist if you can find a friend who is just an attentive and respectful listener that would be wonderful if you could share also with the, with the person also i would say it would be a useful thing if you can do it all right start writing your memoir your memories if you have family if you have children or grandchildren that would be wonderful for them to have uh, your writing and your story there are very few people now and fewer and fewer people left alive who have these stories who experienced all this and these stories are very valuable so this is one one thing that you could do but uh, the the answer to your original question why these things come uh, come to your mind now because in a way because they can before they couldn't because you were too busy and too much pushing this down pushing it aside uh, running away from it uh, but there is nothing to run away from there is no need for it what what you accept and feel through eventually may either lose its intensity or simply become a regular memory that doesn't bother you that much because life whatever made your life difficult also enriched you whoever whatever person you have become now and and you sound like a, a a man of integrity you sound like a man of courage um you you came to certain conclusions in your life and certain uh, truths i from your voice i can hear you know you're not running being anxious and not knowing who you are you know who you are but all that is thanks to you going through all totality of your experiences not only good things but all the pain as well also since you're jewish i have to tell you jews what helped the jews to survive through thousands of years of different kind of persecutions and it's a whole different question why the persecutions happened was that they always found meaning in whatever happened to them and i believe very much that the world war 2 and uh not jews were not the only one who suffered uh, a huge amount of gypsies were wiped out uh, by by the nazis because they you know didn't see them as fitting the the vision of their new world uh so many many people you know only only i'm sorry to say this but 6 million jews Uh, died but the 50 million people altogether died during the world war 2 and since then there was no world war in the in a world which is very not very much not moral and violent so you can look at the the world war 2 as a kind of a ground that permitted the world to live in a relative safety even though there are constant wars now but not not that as much horrific as horrific war as world war 2 uh, also you know the state of israel was born 
as a consequence of what happened to Jewish people. But I'm not going to tell you more of how to find meaning in what happened to you. You need to talk to your family and you need to, it's just a direction I'm giving you, to think of what is the meaning. I just gave you a few ideas, but I'm sure there is a greater work that needs to be done for you, not only the meaning of what happened to you for uh, as as a useful or meaningful thing for for Jewish people, but for you individually and for your family. But that's a journey for you to take. Can I thank you? Yes, to, for, for the yeah. call. You want to say something? Yes, I want to interject something what you just said now. Uh, my way, when I said to you before that I don't look at an end, I always look at the beginning. Every end has a beginning. And I one thing with David Baum instilled in me when he said, we do not discover anything, we only uncover something. Because mm. when you really think about the Big Bang, and in that Big Bang, we lost Jack. Oh. Okay, so I so that that's what I I think about it. So that's why I say, what whatever happened to me then? Let me give you an example. Um, you you wouldn't. I mean, you will believe us. I'm telling you this. Uh, I look around for a piece of bread. They tasted like I had when my mother gave me. And you can see my emotions now because I'm not here now. I am, I am there now. And I can't find a piece of bread that tastes as good. It's an amazing feeling. And to me, it's, it takes me into a new life. It happened before, but it's not happening now. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to take that experience as a as looking at life from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I when I see things or I speak to you, I don't I. Don't see one, two, three, four. I see everything like a collage. In one minute, second, I see everything that I'm going to say. But how do I start talking to you to make some sense? Because people say mm -hmm. to me, hey, Jack, you, you're switching conversations. Oh, is they right? So now what I do, I say, listen, I'm going to switch because I have, I have to bring in something else. Yeah. So Jack, in, in I, I'm sorry, Jack. I, I want I still want to take another caller. Uh, sure. But I want to thank you very much for calling. And I'm I hope that you I kind of answered at least part of your question. And if you are interested, you can go back uh, tomorrow. They will post uh, a copy of this uh, conversation that we had. And hopefully you you can get something useful from all my suggestions that I gave you. Thank but you very much. Before I hang up, 
Before I hang up, I want you to know the idea to be aware of touching the the, the knob or something like that, to me, has a big influence. Because if you're not aware of something, how are you going to change? Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's a technique. Yes, I give the right, right. Thank you very much. Now I know that you were listening. Thank you, Jack. Now I will take the call um, from Brooklyn, Carol. Dr. Peter? Yes, Carol, hi. I recognize your voice now. You're my old friend. (laughs) How are you, Dr. Peter? So you have a question or comment? Yes, so um, I have always been interested in astrology, right? And Uh and one's... um, astrological zodiac chart yes and i have recently been hearing about human design do you know anything about that is it the same as one's um astrological zodiac chart and do you uh, do you know anything about human the concept of human design no carol i don't i i'm familiar uh, with astrology but not deep. I never. I chose not to go study it deep, because it's a very broad body of knowledge. But it's a new kid on the block, frankly. Oh, astrology okay. came about. I'm talking about Western astrology. Yes, zodiac. Uh, astrology mm-hmm. came about 24, 25, uh, 26, the most hundred years ago. But and it was kind of uh, a psychology of ancient world. It's an attempt to understand uh, ourselves and the world that surrounds us. But way before astrology, there were other bodies of knowledge that ancient Egyptians accumulated with the same attempt to understand human nature and life. And I studied those. And those you probably already heard me speak about uh, morphology, science of face reading, the meaning of numbers, the meaning of colors, these are much more ancient bodies of knowledge. And that's what I studied. That's a long answer to your question. So I don't, okay. I'm not really a specialist on astrology. And for sure, I know nothing about human design. Would I, you like I, to share? So, well, no, I don't. Not, I don't know a lot, but it, it seems some way connected to the same, to the astrological concept. But... The little you know of ast- or whatever you know of astrology, do in your opinion, do yes. you consider that to be important in one's spiritual development? Uh, so, so, for instance, if you know what your, you know, the signs of all the signs in your zodiac charts, your sun sign, your moon sign, your your yes. Mercury your yes. Saturn, your Mars, all of those. So I think that somehow we are born with, um, based on our, on our say, sun sign, like we are born with a, a kind of personality then. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> let me try to answer this question. There, there are actually two issues we're dealing with. One, usefulness of astrology, and two, if astrology is useful for our spiritual development. Mm -hmm. 
from what I know and from what I heard people say about how accurate astrology is, and it can be super accurate. So it's a it's a very fascinating body of knowledge, and people can learn a lot about their journey in life. Mm -hmm. uh, it, that's, that's as, a, as a body of knowledge, astrology is, is informative and enriching. But I know from what I from what I know. Again, I'm not knowledgeable enough in astrology, but uh, I know that there are other bodies of knowledge that are mm -hmm. more conducive to the development, in my judgment, to to working yeah. on yourself spiritually. And I tell you which ones. Yeah. That is uh, the, the the knowledge of human morphology. You may, if you heard listen uh, listen to all of my shows, and on Thank one you. or two shows, I spoke about the science and art of face reading or human morphology. Yeah. Now, why yeah. I believe it is very important for our spiritual development, because I believe we all come into this world to what. Uh, Martha Crampton said so beautifully, we participate in the meaningful universe structured to facilitate evolution of consciousness. We come all... With... Excuse me? I'm sorry, who said that? Martha Crampton, psychologist Martha okay. Crampton. I believe she, yeah. she used to be in California and last time I checked on her, uh, like maybe... Ten years ago, then she moved to New York. She used to be a okay. student of uh, psychiatrist Roberto Sagioli, who lived and taught in California. So Martha Crampton said, we participate in a meaningful universe structured to facilitate evolution of consciousness. It said so beautifully that I memorized it. So, yeah. so we, the purpose of us coming into this world is what my teacher of blessed memory Colette said is climbing the ladder of ourselves to become the best of, of who we can be. Now, how can you become the best of who you can be? And mm -hmm. that's where the face reading science comes in. The science of face reading postulates that we come, as you know, children come or babies come with different bone structure. Somebody comes with a forehead that is convex, like pouched out. Somebody with a tilted forehead. Somebody comes with a chin which is sticking out, protruding. Somebody with chin receding, and so on and so on. So, and so come, the children come with different predispositions, energetic predispositions, mental predispositions, uh, emotional and physical. So, which means we come, and that's what the science of uh, face reading postulates, that we come into this world with preset. 90% of who we are is preset. We come with these um, temperamental characteristics. And of course, yeah. uh, the morphology teaches that we come from different incarnations, other incarnations. But even if a person is an atheist, then they believe in genetics. So, okay. We come with predispositions because we carry genes from our ancestors. One way or another, we come into this world with certain morphology, meaning certain form 
that stands for the meaning behind the form, which means if we have certain, let's say we have a quick mind, that's a meaning behind the physical form that the tilt forehead is tilted. And, yeah. and, and let's say uh, we come with great stamina and that comes in the physical form when a person has a strong but not very long corner of the jaw and the jaw is not super heavy. Or if the jaw is super heavy, like Robert Redford or Julia Roberts or um, uh, uh, Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt. So that means something else. That means uh, impulsivity and so on and so on. So what I'm saying is that when we arrive in this world, we already bring certain predispositions. Now, now I will tie it with spiritual growth. So what we need to do is to study ourselves, fully understand what our predispositions are. And then, because each predisposition has positive, very beautiful qualities and has some drawbacks, has challenges. That's where we come to, to the, become the best of what we can be. So, but there are certain qualities that are challenging, that are negative. Uh, and we have to identify what are those negatives are and then to work in transforming them and to become the best we can be. So that's why for me, understanding face reading is understanding yourself. And as you understand yourself, you understand what you need to work on. But you also become non-judgmental. You don't judge yourself, but you simply recognize that's the material that I that I came into this world with. This is my purpose. That's why I came here. So not to judge myself, but to work on myself. So uh, in a way, it it frees people from guilt and self-judgment. Uh, that's why I think, um, Carol, um, the face reading is is a more beneficial tool than astrology. Astrology will give you direction, maybe even predict your your path, what is going to happen possibly. But but face reading gives you concrete uh, information on what you need to deal with in the now. Did I answer your question, Carol? You certainly did. And one last question. One, one, yes. um, one morphology yes. can cause you to arrive quicker at that at a spiritual conclusion. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't understand. I'm sorry. I didn't understand the question. So um, the goal is to 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 evolve and hopefully become more spiritual. Well, that is my goal. Um, does does one's does one's um, morphology predisp? Yes. So if I have a certain morphology, face facial structure, yes. does that predispose me to? arrive quicker at that goal? I don't know if I'm, if you're understanding what I'm saying. Yeah. Let me repeat and see if I understood you correctly. You're saying, are there people's, are there certain features, physical features that indicate 
that a person is more uh, predisposed for spiritual journey. To is that exactly right? That, that's the yeah. question. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, they are. But I would rather not talk about them because it's not. It's irrelevant. Okay. Yes, some people have greater openness, and you know, you, you don't need to know morphology, you don't need to talk about spirituality. You, you just walk in a room, and there are different people, and you know that some people are open-minded. You hear them talk; they, they will not shy away from any discussion. And if yes. you say something that they don't know about, they will say, "Oh, tell me more about it." And yes. you yes. share with another person, they will say, "Oh, no, no, it's not true." Because I know yeah. it's not true. Because they are attached yeah. to their own view, so they're not interested in learning. So, so. Uh, do do those people, people have a certain facial? Do those people have a certain facial type, doctor? Do they do do those kind of people have a certain facial type versus though the old-minded people? Do those people have a certain a different? Yes. Or it's, yes. it's not important. Yes. Yeah, but I will not be able on air. I will not be able to to tell you those speeches. But what I, the reason I said it's not relevant is because relevant. even that person who is totally closed-minded can change. It can change. So therefore, yeah. I would say every single person can work on themselves. You know, yeah. one of the like, look, I I was talking about Ten Commandments. Uh, a, this whole series, four, I think four shows were dedicated to talking about Ten Commandments. Why? I'm not uh, trying to impose the Ten Commandments on anyone. It's a discussion for people um, kind of to be triggered, to for people to begin to question, uh, how am I living? Uh, to examine themselves and then to decide whether they or not they want to grow and it's a useful thing for them to do. I, I spoke about the Ten Commandments simply because it's practical. It's practical tools for bettering one's life. Uh, and I've listened and, to all of that series, Dr. Peter, and thank you so much. Thank you so uh, you're much. You're very I've welcome, listened. Carol. Thank you very much for calling. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a nice day. Anybody else wants to call? I don't hear any other callers. Listen, I will have to then entertain you a little bit, maybe tell you stories while I'm waiting for the calls. Uh, what comes to me now is to ask you, <clears throat> since we spoke about incarnations, excuse me, I had a sip of tea, um, some people, of course, don't believe in incarnations. They don't believe in past lives. Do you believe in past lives? Uh, did you ever have dreams of living a different life? Because I have to tell you, I did a lot of past life regressions uh, using hypnosis. Haven't done it in the last few years. But periodically, if there is a problem I'm dealing with, with somebody, and we cannot see wh where this problem could originate possibly. Then I do past life regression. 
But some people say, oh, but I don't believe in past life regression. So how can it be useful? You know, there is a doctor um, from Yale University, Dr. Brian Weiss. He wrote a number of books on uh, past life regression. And in fact, I, I don't remember whether it was in one of his books or one of his lectures. He shared that somebody asked him, uh, what, what if I don't believe in past life? Uh, what if it's all made up? Uh, you're a psychiatrist. How can you talk about past lives? You have to deal with the real life. And Brian Weiss said, listen, I don't care if you don't believe in past lives. What I care is that a person's, the quality of a person's life would be better. So, yes, there is a small possibility, even though he said, I believe in past lives, but there is a small possibility, yes, that indeed it's unconscious fantasies that people have. So what? What matters is that when you go back to the past life and re-experience whatever trauma happened, and then when you come back in this life and the symptoms disappear, that's what matters. People get better. So my attitude is the same. Even though I, a number of experiences with past lives proved to me that it's a real thing. Let me, uh, there are no callers yet? No? No so let callers. Me share. Is there a caller? No? No. No. Okay. So let me share with you now then one experience. I, I got, I remember so many, so many. You know, one time I was teaching a course in uh, telling yet another story, my clinical vignette, and one of my students said, God, it would be such a fascinating book if you would collect all of those stories. But what happens is stories come to my mind when it's appropriate, uh, you know, to, to discuss in discussing some particular issue that I work with. And then I forget those stories. I, I actually I wish I recorded them, uh, you know, because I've worked with thousands of people and I have, I believe, quite interesting stories to tell. So let me tell you one story. And that's actually will tell you why uh, it's one of the uh, experiences, uh, not the only one, but one of the experiences that demonstrated to, to me, there, there is definitely no question, uh, such thing as living successive lives. It's not only holy texts tell us, but our professional experiences. So one time I worked with a woman who was absolutely terrified to go, not even to the, in the forest, but to the park. And, you know, I ask, uh, I think she was in her 20s, early 20s, yes. That was quite a while ago. And, and I ask her, like, did you have any traumatic experience? Did you get lost as a child in the forest? Nothing, nothing. Why am I asking this question? Because if we can find the original trauma, we can go back and and connect with that trauma. And it's one of the a very powerful way to release um, the trauma. And then the symptom begin, disappears. But the woman said, no, nothing, nothing ever negative happened. And for as long as I remember myself, 
even a little girl, I was terrified of parks. And the moment I see many trees, I panic, have a panic attack. So I suggested that we do, we try past life hypnosis. So I hypnotized her. Oh, I have to tell you something. This was uh, a woman, I, I don't want to talk details about her life, but a woman who was not a very educated woman. In fact, when I asked her later um, where Ireland was located, she said some, somewhere in South America. So that's how uneducated she was. So, um, and, and I asked her a few more questions, and, and I knew that like she did not know many things uh, about, about life except um, the limited world that she was exposed to. Um, and so I hypnotized this woman. And the, the, the technique, I will not tell you the technique, but tell you how the intention is set. And the intention, before I begin hypnosis, I say, you will go back to experience or experiences in your past as far back as it's necessary to go. The experience that is connected with... Caller named your, Michael. Uh, thank you. In a second. The experience that is connected with uh, your fear of, uh, of uh, uh, trees and forests in this present life. And so she went, um, after this technique was administered, she went to the experience of actually being eaten by wolves. She took a horse without permission of her parents early at, in the morning, and she went into a forest and she was eaten by wolves. And then, but she told me that she lived in the castle before she went on the horse. And she and told me that it was in uh, Ireland. Uh, and she said she was from noble family because they had their own shield. And after I brought her back from hypnosis, I asked her to draw the picture of the shield. And she drew a very strange picture. You know, usually it's like a lion or something. But it was just horses eating straw. And, and she had no idea, you know, where this image came from. But she in, in remembered in this hypnosis um, experience seeing that shield and she drew it. And then we went on internet and look, and she also told me that it was 18th century. We looked for different shields of, of Irish noble families in 18th century, and we found exactly the same shield. That's the proof. So I want now, I rushed a little bit with the story because I want to take the caller, uh, Michael, uh, you're on the air. I yes. had a dream last night, and on yes. the dream, I was just going from place to place. And every time I went down a road, everything started to come, and there were all these different conclusions. And the dream just took me down many paths and many uh, different resolutions to the dream. And it was just very, very multiple uh, paths to take in the dream. 
Wow, Michael, thank you so much for sharing. Listen, it's a very interesting dream because it doesn't happen very often. But you actually were given, you know, you can call it your subconscious mind or the dreaming mind, or I believe that the dreams come from our higher self. But you were given an opportunity to make a choice, to choose a path in life that you want. In one of the shows, I don't remember which day, I was talking about the theory of multiverses. Um, uh, that is that we, there are parallel universes. Uh, with and again there are, there are infinite amount of universes and we actually live in one universe and at some point in our life we can skip jump the train we can make a choice we can move by taking action but by making certain mental uh, and emotional commitments we can jump the train we can create a new universe we can live in a new universe in fact that all of us with our choices constantly adjust the universes in which we live. So, and you were given an opportunity, it's probably something very important happening in your life right now, but you, through your night dream, you were given an opportunity to, put, to, to make a choice. So, if I were you, I would go back to the dream, and the way you do it, and I teach it in one of my shows, but I will tell it to you now, we have only four minutes left. You, you close your eyes and uh, and state to yourself mentally, I'm doing this exercise with an intention to choose the path. And if you believe in God, you say a, a quiet prayer, asking God to help you to make the right choice through your intuition. And then you imagine... Num um, uh, imagine a big mirror and the, the tall mirror, a full-size mirror, and see number five, four, three, two, one, and then once it becomes a zero, you step into the mirror because the mirror is that zero. It's the starting point. You go through the mirror and step out on the other side into the path where you have several choices and without questioning with without using your intellect you go on one path that's it your then your psyche will know where to take you from there and you in fact okay. uh, uh, as a consequence of this choice you may have a series of other night dreams that will come in the following days because it will be then unfoldment of um, the choice that you made, and you will get some guidance. And not very often. I didn't hear this this kind of a dream uh, many times. Not very often people are given um, such such clear guidance of the choices that they need to make. I hope I answered your question. Yes, I, uh, I will do that exercise. Thank okay. you, Peter. Thank you very much for calling, Michael. And here our show is coming to an end, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being with me today. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to doing more of these kind of shows where you call in and share with your dreams or your stories. Uh, I thank again uh, Jack and Carol for calling and Michael, I thank you. 
Uh, next week, we'll have a, um, a wonderful guest, Dr. Caroline Leaf, who is quite an, an character and a very interesting person, brilliant. Uh, I, I, I will not tell you what she does, but um, she is a great teacher, teacher to hundreds of thousands of people uh, through past cast and many of her books. Um, so I want to thank you again, and um, I'm looking forward to having your attention, your ear next Tuesday. Peace to all who want to live in peace. Adelante.